Welcome to the last Comic Shop Podcast! A comic book podcast that actually talks about comics. Yep, each week we open the shop up and read and discuss a comic. Sometimes we pair that up with comic book movies or TV shows. Or not. Lots of times it's just comic books and sound effects. Oh yes, definitely lots of sound effects. So tune in on all the major podcasting platforms to the Last Comic Shop Podcast. Or check out our library of evergreen shows at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. Hi, it's Taylor. Quickly jumping in before the episode starts to let you know that we've changed our name and are now Sisters Assembled. You can find our updated social handles in the show notes. Enjoy the show! Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Let's Talk Marvel Fan Theories podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Katie, and we're two sisters and borderline obsessed Marvel fans who have been following the Marvel Cinematic Universe closely for years. And now we want to share our MCU discussions with you. We chat about our own predictions and theories, plus some of our favorites from online, and our reactions to all the Marvel content that's considered MCU canon, including the Disney Plus shows and the movies, as well as the Marvel news you need to know. All right, listeners. You have heard our initial reactions to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and now today we are going to dive in on a few more topics that we thought were really important as it relates to the new Guardians team. Because if you remember, that first end credit scene is the new Guardians team consisting of Rocket, Groot, Adam Warlock, Kraglin, and Phyla. So, we're going to take a deep dive. You missed a very important team member. Who? Cosmo. Oh my gosh, sorry Cosmo. How could you forget Cosmo? I don't know. I'm embarrassed. I love Cosmo. I apologize. You should be embarrassed. As soon as you went through the list and you were like, all right, I was like, oh, wow. Sorry. She's a good dog, though. That's all that matters. She is a good dog. Anyway, we have our new roster, and so today we're going to talk a little bit about some of the characters that we haven't had a chance to deep dive into before, some interesting storylines that the Guardians are in in the comics that we haven't yet seen adapted that could potentially be adapted in the future, as well as where we might see them next. So our first topic that we're going to dive into today is the little girl, Phyla, who is rescued off of the High Evolutionary ship, And I'm super, super excited to talk a little bit more about her because she's actually a really interesting character and will be interesting as she grows up. Yeah, so I'm going to be completely honest. So I was sitting here doing research on everybody else. Not that I really had to. And then Taylor's like, we're going to focus on Phyla. And I was like, I haven't even gotten that far. Who the heck is Phyla? (laughs) So initially I went into this like I have no clue who this little girl is, but she's very intriguing. Because the biggest person she's connected to is Marvell, which is a little wonky in the MCU just because of how they decided to sort of portray Marvell. If you don't understand fully what I'm referencing, I'm talking about in Cap- the first Captain Marvel, which I think is one of those movies people try to avoid watching sometimes, <laughs> um, which is why I'm going to give a little bit of background there, because that is the time we see Marvel. But it, it is a little bit of a wonky introduction. In the comics, and Katie, correct me if I'm wrong here, because I always get really confused because everybody's named Blank Vell when it comes to Captain Marvel. But isn't Marvel the original Captain Marvel? I'm pretty sure. I also get confused because there's also a guy, Captain Marvel, and a a woman, Captain Marvel. Obviously, we have seen Carol Danvers' version in the MCU. 
But there is also a male version who actually we talked about because he had a relation to someone. It might have been Young Avengers because one of the Young Avengers is is like his son or whatever. And I was like, this could be a weird way for them to bring in this young Avenger since we do technically have a Captain Marvel. Maybe she eventually has a kid. Oh yeah. Wasn't that Marvel? Isn't he Marvel's kid? It's Hulkling, right? I don't know. I'm blanking. So much has happened since we did that episode. I know. I feel like there's so much going on and like the whole space realm is like definitely not my forte when it comes to like, like I don't read the comics religiously anyway, but if I'm going to pick up a comic, it's 99% of the time not going to be a space related comic anyway. Yeah. So that is definitely a blind spot for me for sure. Agreed. I agree. But anyway, after our little interlude, Phyla is one of the kids coming off of the High Evolutionary ship, and we see her become part of the Guardians. Now, in the comics, she actually at one point does name herself the new Captain Marvel. So in the same way that multiple people can become Captain America, as we saw with Sam and Steve, you can have multiple Captain Marvels. At one point, it is Phyla Vell. Her full name is Phyla Vell, in the case, like Marvel. So it's very strange. But that's why we said everybody's hyphen Vell in that whole universe, and it makes it very confusing. She also goes by the name Quasar, and then at one point, the name Martyr. She is Kree in the comics, which is important. We've talked a lot about the Kree in the relation to space. They're one of the bigger players. We've seen Ronin, of course, as it relates to the Guardians. Yondu. Yep. Captain Marvel is related to the Kree, has Kree blood. The Kree and the Skrulls in Secret Invasion. So we don't know. We're going to get into Secret Invasion in a couple of weeks. But, you know, we don't know if there's going to be any Kree in that show. Just knowing they are kind of the mortal enemies of the Skrulls. So lots of Kree, not necessarily as, like, main characters in the MCU, but kind of with their tendrils and a little bit of everything. She is a Kree. One of the things that I started thinking about when I was thinking about Phyla Vell is that there are a group of kids about the same age that are starting to appear. We saw young T'Challa at the end of Wakanda Forever. We saw Love at the end of Love and Thunder. Now Phyla Vell, all kind of in that 7 to maybe 11 range. So you've got the group of the Young Avengers, now you've got this group of younger kids. This tells me, especially knowing how important young T'Challa is going to be moving forward, they're setting us up for a time jump. Yeah, and I think that's going to come in Secret Wars, which I don't think anybody's going to be shocked about. Yeah. But I think on top of that, I think, because just because this just popped in my head, and this is something I see Marvel doing just because they're going to like, it's like one of those things where they're just pointing the finger at you, kind of laughing. Because I could actually see them pulling together what are the most cliche members of the Young Avengers, dangling them in our faces, and then making this next generation generation the actual Young Avengers. And making the older generation the new Avengers? Yeah. Like, not the new Avengers as in, like, the team the new Avengers, but the new Avengers as in, like, the next iteration of the Avengers we know. Because there's a whole team called the new Avengers, I'm, like, 99% sure. So that's a whole other thing. Yeah. That's not what I'm referencing. I mean, like, a new iteration of, like, our OG6. Yeah, because on and I don't know, I don't think they're the next one, but I think they're the one after that. Fair. Because honestly, I keep thinking about it, and we've been talking about it with the the current roster of what who we would put up with the Young Avengers. And sure, 
they're all supposed to be 16 and all that crap. But, like, at the end of the day, if we're going to have time jumps, if we're going to have these big battles, I mean, it was confirmed the MCU's at least in 2024 already. Yeah. So, I mean, if we're continuing to age up, I mean, they're going to stop being Young Avengers very soon. And, I mean, even their actors and actresses, I mean, Haley Seinfeld's what, like, your age, I think? Yeah. For those of you who don't know what she's referencing, I'm in my mid-20s, if that's helpful. <laughs> but, I mean, then you also, I'm, I'm like, Cassie's new actress is, like, almost 30, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, she's in her late 20s which is like crazy she looks like she's 12 <laughs> yeah which is awesome they look really young and they can play the teenager but it's like for how long yeah before you stop really feeling like they're a teenager well what could be interesting too and this does deviate a little from the comics in the sense of like the roster and who would be involved but in secret wars there are a contingent of heroes that are trapped kind of in stasis within the lifecraft because they're using it to survive the incursion and they're actually in stasis for, like, years. So it would be interesting to me if, like, you see the Young Avengers in stasis as these kids who are younger grow up to be the Young Avengers. And then you have all these kids who are supposedly the same age because of time jumps and things like that. Now, like I said, like, that's not the roster who's involved in Secret Wars itself, in the comics, it's the Reed Richards of the Worlds, the T'Challas, Thanos is there. And for one reason or another, that's, you know, some of that can happen and some of it can't. But it's not the same roster. However, I could see that mechanic being used to get our characters to be the same age or the age that the MCU needs them to be in order to put them in action. That's fair. I agree. And like you said, I mean, she is now number three, I, I want to say. That's that's right around that age. That's kind of like... And, and they're all quite powerful. Yeah. I mean, with the exception of Prince T'Challa, because obviously he hasn't yet taken on the throne and therefore hasn't taken you know, the plant whose name is escaping me. The heart-shaped herb. Yeah, oh, so, th yeah, it doesn't really have a name. Just the heart-shaped <laughs> herb. But he obviously hasn't, you know, drank that, and he hasn't gotten the power of the Black Panther yet, but once he will, and with the technology that his cousin, no, his aunt, that's screwing me up. That's screwing me up. <laughs> I haven't yet clearly digested that we have, like, the next generation in Wakanda. I know. But, like, his aunt, who also just was the Black Panther, will have created for him. Like, super powerful. Look at love. I mean, love is literally, like, has the powers of, of eternity, pretty much. Like, was bestowed that. I don't know what that means, but... It seems like a lot. <laughs> well, that's a cosmic being, so yeah. And then, I mean, now you have, obviously, I almost call her Lila, Phyla out here. And so, who clearly also, like, I mean, we, when we're first introduced to her, just think about, she's the one in the little cage, running the cage at the beginning. And they even said, she is, and I hate to say it like she's an experiment, but unfortunately, this is how they described her. She was created to literally be able to exercise to, like, live and be able to do extensive, like, things to her body for weeks on end, not have to eat, not have to sleep, and be perfectly fine. Like, that is how they describe her. So it's like, okay, so first off, that alone, like, her survival instincts are amazing, clearly. Yeah. But, like, we clear we also see when she powers up, it actually looks very similar to Captain Marvel. Yeah, no, totally. You're right. I think between her, like, I guess you could call it conditioning, but that's not, like, quite the right word, and her potential to be as powerful as Captain Marvel, if she has similar style powers, I mean, you're looking at the next generation of an unstoppable space woman out here ready to kick some butt and take some names. So 
not only is I do I think she's going to be a great addition to the Guardians and going to be super helpful, it'll be interesting, you know, as she gets to full power to see if she goes on her own, as she takes on, if she takes on some of these other mantles that she's known for in the comics. But she is, just to clarify, she is a member of the Guardians in the comics. So I'm excited to see her potentially age up in the future and get together with some really other, or some other really powerful people who are right now at her same age. I agree. And so I have two things I still want to say about her, especially. The one we kind of started to touch on. I don't think it's an accident that we saw her right before Secret Invasion and the Marvels. I don't think that's an accident at all, considering her connection to Kree, to the Marvel slash Marvel kind of family weird tree thing. Like, she has a very prominent connection, so I actually, there's a part of me that wouldn't be shocked if she's hinted at in one of those two upcoming entities. I wouldn't be shocked if they kind of imply that she's there. And I also just knowing kind of what the Marvels is going, like the idea behind the Marvels and how when they're all using their powers, they somehow were connected. So now they're like switching spots with each other. I wouldn't be shocked if like towards the end of the movie or an end credit when they think they solved the problem, one of them switches with her. Well, yeah. And I think one other thing that I wanted to point out that and it's not related specifically to Phyla, but it is related to the Guardians, is in the actual teaser for the Marvels, you see Monica go towards a jump point, which we've seen the Guardians use hundreds of times. So one, I just want to point out because I think it's interesting that our Earth-based heroes are now starting to get into alien tech more and more. I mean, obviously, we knew they were before, but this is a whole nother level, right? Right. It's going to open up space travel for them in a way that was just not even possible. I mean, I think they did it in Endgame. They used a jump point, but, you know, they're truly experimenting with it now in ways that they hadn't before. And also, it just further ties those two franchises together. We've always said those two are going to be the most tied. You know, the Celestials, Eternals kind of are, are there tangentially as well. But being the two most space-focused franchises, this is just another point at which they're tying them together. But at the same time, we've never actually really seen them come together other than in Endgame when we saw Rocket and Captain Marvel speaking both to Natasha, but they weren't physically there. So we clearly know they know each other. But now I think we're getting closer and closer to the possibility of these characters actually appearing on screen together for like a an actual length of time, more than just having a conversation, fighting potentially the same foe, something like that. So that's exciting because I think it's something that you and I have talked about a lot is the idea that like in phase four, there weren't a ton of connections. I think in phase five, we're starting to see a lot more already just in the few films that have come out. But, you know, this would be a really big step in the right direction, especially knowing that space is kind of going to be the focus outside of the multiverse for the next few few phases. I Yeah, I agree. And I, I think it's funny because as you were talking, it, it dawned on me when we did our research, we looked at her from two different points of view. And you looked at her a lot more from the Guardians one, which, you know, logically would have made more sense. I didn't. And I looked at her more from the connection that she had with Marvel and just like that area And so the second thing I wanted to bring up, which kind of opens a box of worms that I think Taylor and I have been battling with since I'd say Shang-Chi. I keep wanting to call her Lila. I'm sorry (laughs) if I do, because I'm going to say, because there's a lot of L's getting thrown around and I'm just like, 
But Phyla actually at one point wears something called the Nega Bands. Oh, we talked about those in relation to Quantumania. Yes, we did, because there's two types of bands. One of them are the Quantum Bands, and they are the ones that open with the qu- are able to get you to the Quantum Realm. Actually, Monica Rambeau holds one of those at one point. So that's an interesting little tidbit. But Phyla... Along with our buddy Kamala, also both wear Nega Bands at one point, which draw energy from the negative zone, and they were created by Kree, so there you go. And, you know, would I be super, super, super shocked if Kamala's bangle had a tie to being in this Nega Band community? I don't know, because special jewelry keeps appearing everywhere, and I'm constantly intrigued about what the connection could be. I know. Can someone please just tell me who this cosmic jeweler is already? Because he is prolific in making powerful jewelry, but very much in the shadows. And I'm confused. You know, to your point, like, is what we've seen thus far, Kamala's bangle, Shang-Chi's rings, are they quantum bands? Are they nega bands? Are they something totally different? I mean, has it ever been confirmed whether it was the same thing as Kang's rings? Like, no, it hasn't been confirmed. So are those three related? TBD. Are Kamala and Shang-Chi's pieces related? We still don't know. We're just going on that assumption, you know? So it is tough and it's interesting. And I'm hoping that those are the things that are going to start to come together in some of these space-related films, because if you think about it, we haven't really been out in space since Endgame. We've been very Earth-focused. Yeah, because Eternals was really... that Eternals was punky. It was. It also, like, didn't really... It took place on Earth. Like, yes, they were, like, space beings. It, like, did and it didn't. Because some of it she... Because when she, like, talks to the Celestial, Tiamut... Or is Tiamut the one who comes out of the Earth? I think Tiamat's the one that comes out of the Earth. Isn't it Arashem? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, yes, it's kind of quasi, but, like, I mean, like, really out in space. Yeah, fair. Guardians was the first in a long time, and now we're getting the Marvels this year, and I'm hoping that that will start to connect some of the things that we've seen space artifacts on Earth now. We've seen a couple of them, or what seem like they could potentially be space artifacts. Right. So let's connect them to their origin, or give us a clue into their origin, because we're going back into the place where they were likely created, or came from. So... That's why I'm kind of getting more hyped. I will say, like, honestly, this film made me more excited for the Marvels because I feel like I've never been the person who, like, loves the space stuff. But this film was so good that it made me excited to explore that realm more, especially knowing that this time Captain Marvel's film isn't going to be so completely detached from everything else. It's clearly going to be more integrated into the MCU. It's not a movie that takes place 25 years before where we are in the actual timeline, and there's going to be real significant ramifications that can be seen in other films and will be adjusted, or it the film itself will be impacted by films that have come previously. Well, and of course, and it's really going to be connected because I have to say, and obviously this isn't a breakdown of the trailer right now, we will be doing that in a couple months, but I did not expect to see my guy Nick Fury because I was like, well, he's going to be in Secret Invasion. Like, I I don't know. The thought never crossed my brain that he would be in that movie. So having him in, and is it Nick? Is it a scroll? I don't know. Oh, God. I didn't even think about that. Well, I'll get into that in a couple months. But my point with that is those two entities are going to be so connected, clearly, in one way or another, whether Secret Invasion does come first or technically it comes after. We don't know. We won't know until we watch the show. 
But I think having those two so connected, this this wraps up like this whole thing in a cute little bow because I really think Phyla appearing now does bring, like we are in the age of space with the next, in- including Guardians, with these three movies or three pieces of content. The only one that's kind of sticking out like a sore thumb is Loki. But Loki always sticks out like a th- sore thumb. Like it's a, it's a weird show in contingence with like the rest of the MCU because we don't actually know where it lands. So... I think it's going to be really exciting. These mega bands get me a little excited, even more excited, because I think that's an even stronger tie right there, that there's another magical piece of jewelry that, like, floats around out there, and we've just met somebody else who wears one. So it could be interesting. Totally. And not to mention, you know, I think quantum multiverse space they're all gonna have to come together at some point right theoretically that's that's where we're going (laughs) right i mean it it makes sense for them to kind of collide and i think the idea of the nega bands the idea of the quantum bands the way that marvel has always operated and we've talked about this ad nauseum is take a little flavor here take a little flavor there a little bit of this a little bit of that I 100% see them taking a negaband and a quantum band and saying, ooh, these are the same thing. Mm -hmm. They come from the negative zone, but they also come from the quantum realm. Now we're involving the quantum realm with Phi Lavelle and Kamala and all these people. And now we're also relating the magical jewelry of Shang-Chi and Kamala to the rings of Kang, which were in the quantum realm. So, like, all of this is coming together because they were able to combine those two pieces of jewelry. So... That is kind of how I'm seeing it is like, where are we going to take little pieces from the comics to combine these entities so that when we get to a Kang Dynasty and a Secret Wars, we're kind of looking at one unified storyline the same way that we did in one through three, you know, it was very sparse in one. You were like, what the heck? How are these people going to come together? How do they relate to one another? And then by Endgame, you were like, oh, it's very clear to me where everyone plays a role. And I think that's as we're in five now and moving our way through it, we're starting to see those connections as we're coalescing into that one or those two points in Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. I couldn't agree more. That never happens. That's not necessarily true. I mean, sometimes it happens. I How often did I tell you I could never agree more with you? <laughs> okay, whatever. Anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> the next thing that we wanted to talk about as it relates to the Guardians is one particular storyline that I thought when I was reading was kind of interesting as it relates to them, could be an interesting adaptation to see this particular iteration of the team go through. Doesn't necessarily mean that it's the same characters match for match, because, for example, Peter Quill is a major player in this particular storyline. But again, that doesn't mean just because he's Earthbound now, he can't come back. There's a whole lot of things. So anyway, without further ado, we're going to dive a little bit into the Cancerverse storyline, which is very very weird, but I'm going to give you a 30,000 look view or 30,000 foot view into it because otherwise it's just very hard to understand. So the Cancerverse is actually Earth 10011 and essentially Marvell, here we go again, this guy Marvell who seems to be everywhere now, he gets cancer and he's dying from cancer and everybody is so upset and affected by his death that they actually go and they kill Death's avatar on their Earth. And in doing, like, they kill Death. This opened the door for these people called the Many Angled Ones to come in and take over, and then basically the whole place kind of, like, decays into this weird place, and the Avengers, who are now called the Revengers, names sound familiar, anyone thinking of Ragnarok? 
who are now called the Revengers. They, like, worship these people. And this kind of relates to 616 in that there's a bomb set off by Black Bolt that created kind of like a fissure where you could go from 616 to 10011, and the Cancerverse tries to take over 616. Peter Quill gets stuck in the Cancerverse with Thanos, and I think Nova, we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, so that's kind of the Cancerverse storyline. They get back, of course, and all that good stuff. But it is a very odd, odd storyline. Very comics in that sense. But I also think it's a really interesting one. And it was the one that stuck out to me the most when I was reading kind of what some of the Guardians' like main adventures are. There's like something called the Annihilation as well. But this one was one that I was like, oh, interesting. Because I feel like I've read about the Cancerverse in other places where we've been doing research for other shows and movies. So something about this really stuck with me. Yeah, and actually, what struck me with this one more than anything was I went to kind of start researching it, and the first article that actually popped up was before Guardians 3 came out, and it was talking about a part of the trailer that looks like, could it have been the Cancerverse? So they were talking about it, and it's actually when, and I don't remember the name, but they're on that big, like, eyeball-looking thing. Yeah, the the High Evolutionaries Company. Yeah, but it's it's like a it's a playoff the uh, like another name for an eye the Oculus yeah and, and it's that clip and then people were talking about oh could this be the Cancerverse like is this what we're seeing and I was like how interesting that people were already putting this together prior to you know this movie even coming out that this is what the Guardians could be dealing with I think it could be a very interesting plot to Taylor's point it's very chaotic it's freaky everything turns into a weird demon which fits the guardians i feel like chaotic and freaky is like their like happy place like you know so i'm like oh this is the guardians that makes sense yeah and i'm but what's interesting is like clearly this is one of those storylines that has a lot of bigger ramifications and i think something we don't always give the credit to for guardians is like most of their plots, with actually, I would say with the exception of number three, um, and that's just because this plot was kind of more contained. But honestly, the first two films, like I thought, like a good bit of their plot had to deal with like if they didn't win, worlds were gonna burst, like things were gonna die, bad things were gonna happen. Like they had an Infinity Stone. Yeah, they were like actually very high stakes situations. And that's kind of what I see with the Cancerverse, because I think this could be a weird opportunity if Marvel wanted to, or, like, the MCU specifically wanted to, like, make this a crossover kind of thing. I could see it being the opportunity, because they they do invade Earth-616, like, it would make sense. But I think that's another one of those high stakes. The Guardians are out here in space doing Captain Marvel's job, to be honest. Yeah. And, you know, saving not just the world, but the galaxy. And they're not wrong when they say they're doing that. They literally are. Yeah, no, totally. And what you touched on was interesting. You said, you know, this could be an interesting crossover. I think one of the reasons that I picked this particular storyline, though, is it is a Guardian storyline. Like, one of the things that I want to emphasize that I didn't realize until I did this research was that the Guardians are actually, like, really involved with other teams way more than we see them in the MCU. Which, like, I think is fair for the comics just in general, but I think, especially as it relates to the Guardians, I just think of them as such a solo property. Yeah, so do I. Right, it's just, they came out of nowhere in 2014 and were so different. And that's not a bad thing, they just were so disconnected. 
And so because of that, I forget that sometimes in the comics, like, they do relate to others. They're married to X-Men. Like, it's, you know, they're there. But the reason I liked this particular storyline versus, you know, some of the other ones, like, I think it's called Annihilation. That one is so big that, like, I feel like everybody's involved in that one from the little bit I read of it, right? Whereas, like, this Cancerverse story, the main heroes are the Guardians. Yes, there are other people involved, but they're really it. And so that's why I think it's perfectly ripe for a Guardians-level movie versus, like, something bigger that would take all of the Avengers involved, like, you know, an Infinity Gauntlet-type thing. That takes all hands on deck, whereas they're not going to necessarily adapt something so big like that just for a Guardians film. I mean, let's be real. In five years, Kevin's going to be searching for who's the big bad of... Galactus. Yeah, I mean, I agree, but... You know, uh, there are rumors, I think, that Galactus is in the Fantastic Four movie, and I, like, refuse to even go there because I'm, like, absolutely not. They're gonna not- I just assume those are rumors that exist now because he was in the other one. Was he? Yeah, he was in Silver Surfer because that's who Silver Surfer worked for. It's been so long. Well, honestly, I only just rewatched. I actually don't even know if I ever fully saw the second one until a couple months ago because I was like, I don't think I ever fully saw it. I'm gonna watch it. And yeah, Galactus was in, so like, that's to me, rumor mill. Like, I don't even for a second take that because I'm just like, of course you're gonna say it, that it happened already. Like, you're gonna make the assumption. I, that one, I throw out the window. I also just think like, you know, obviously they've talked about how do you top the previous one. Kang, I think, tops Thanos well in terms of like level of intensity. It's harder and harder to keep doing that. Galactus is kind of the next level up. I don't know how you get bigger than that. Whatever, that's not my problem. Well, they always will have to. I know, I mean, that's that's Kevin's problem. That's not my problem. Fair. But just to say, if you're going through kind of expansion, you go Thanos, you go Kang, you go Galactus, that to me makes sense. But that's a conversation for a few years from now when we're faced with that after Secret Wars. Yeah. Now, that was the Cancerverse and a potential Guardian story. Now I want to dive into a couple of places in the MCU currently or coming up in the pipeline confirmed that could potentially be places for the Guardians to pop in in the future. So the first thing I want to talk about is Nova because as you guys may or may not know, Nova is confirmed, I believe, to be a Disney Plus show. Timing is a little up in the air. I've heard anywhere, I think, between 24 and 26. But anyway, Nova is a member of the Nova Corps. And if you guys remember, the Nova Corps were in, of course, the first Guardians film. And so he has relationships with the Guardians in the comics. If my memory is correct, he actually is in that Cancerverse storyline with them. One iteration of him, there's actually two different like in many of the different mantles, there are two different guys who take on the mantle of Nova. But anyway, I think that's just a natural way for the Guardians to pop in in a different place, potentially between movies, as we're waiting to kind of see with Gunn being gone, you know, who takes over that franchise and how it changes and evolves and adapts from what we've known to date. Yeah, I also had Nova on my list. I will say, and to your point, two different people take on that mantle that's not just you know, one person, they go down being that one person. 
So I don't know which one they will go with exactly, but I know one of them is actually from Earth. Yep. And actually, so the only way that I would see this kind of, I guess there's two paths here. We're going to call them Nova A and Nova B. (laughs) If we go with Nova A, there's a possibility, a high possibility that the Guardians would be involved with that, you know, Nova storyline or eventually would meet up with this Nova, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. If we go with Nova B, who I'm going to say is the one from Earth, I actually would see Peter having more of a connection to that Nova than anything, just because now who's on Earth? Chillin', you know? So I actually kind of would see that be more the connection, more than the the full Guardians team coming in from that one. TBD, those are my two paths I'm going to put out there. But yeah, so I I do think it's a high possibility. However, I don't think it's the next time we're going to see them, depending on timing. Fair. What do you think is next? So... If Marvel really, you know, and I trust Marvel with my life, so if Marvel really thought things, you know, so intricately through and everything, I would not be shocked to see the Guardians show up in an end credit or something in some sort of connection to one of the next two projects, probably specifically the Marvels. Yeah, I agree. And I'm sorry, I shouldn't say next two, the next two space-related, because I keep forgetting Loki's, like, slammed in the middle there. I would not be shocked because of Phyla. That's not, that would, I don't know if that should be shocking to anybody. If we don't see them there, they will be in Kang Dynasty. That's like a default. We are going to see all the heroes in that because at the end of the day, even though they've been far removed from the Kang storylines, we have not seen them interact in any way in those types of storylines yet. I mean, Kang Dynasty, if it's not that, they're going to be in Secret Wars. We're going to have that connection because... However they connect those two, however King Dynasty leads to Secret Wars and they decide to tell that story, clearly that's going to impact the entire MCU. That's the idea of these big movies. Just like Infinity War, just like Endgame. So by default, we'll definitely see them there next. I would love to see them before then, but I don't really think there's a lot of properties. We're actually going, weirdly enough back to street level for a good bit, which I'm super excited about. But we're we're going to be moving away from the space. So I think that really took up this year. And I think by next year, you know, even 2020, next year's 2024, by 2025, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of those street level fighters, street level stories intertwining with, of course, Kang. Yeah, I would agree. I think if I had to pick between... Secret Wars and Captain Marvel, or the Marvels, I would say the Marvels is more likely, in my opinion. Agreed. Just having seen kind of the little bit of footage we've seen from Secret Wars, it seems to take place on Earth. Though we obviously Secret Invasion. Yes. Sorry, Secret Invasion. I caught you that time. We have been doing that for weeks. Listeners, there are entire episodes where we have completely not heard the other person and had an entire conversation about one that the other person didn't even mean to have. It's very difficult. Why they have to name everything the same, I will never understand. Marvel, Marvel, Captain Captain Marvel. The Homecoming trilogy? Are you kidding me? There was a whole there's a whole section in an episode that was taken out because I tried to say something about a Spider-Man movie and called it every Spider-Man movie but the Spider-Man movie <laughs> I was trying to call it. I said that line like 15 times. It was rough. I kept having to stop her. I was like, "You mean this one?" And then she'd start again, and I'd be like, "No, you mean 
need this one. Stop. <laughs> so, Marvel, I need you to just differentiate a little bit better because yeah. my brain is really struggling. Anyway, Secret Invasion seems that despite we're dealing that we're dealing with the scrolls, it seems to take place mainly on Earth. Again, if you're calling it Secret Invasion, they are invading Earth. It seems to be taking place mainly in the place of their invasion. So that to me means probably a little less likely than the Marvels who are clearly out here up in space on various planets dealing with various species and a villain of unknown power level who they're going to have to take on and potentially maybe have a cameo. I don't know that it's going to be that much, honestly, but you never know. I mean, they're always mixing around the formula. Maybe we'll see them. Maybe we won't. I'm just pointing it out there as a theory. I, I agree, and I'm sorry, but her powers look a little bit too suspiciously like Captain Marvel's with, like, the lit-up fists and stuff. And granted, we haven't seen a lot yet. She could have nine million other things she's capable of doing, but they just look too suspiciously like hers that I was like, mm, no. Yeah, I agree. So if I had to put my money on the next project we're going to see the Guardians, it's Captain Mar- or the Marvels, Captain Marvel 2, the Marvels. Followed by, I think, Nova is going to be the next one then. Because to your point, if we're going kind of in themes, I think, you know, we were in a multiversal theme for a while. Now we're very much in a space theme. To your point, in the next, after this this fall and into next year, we're going to be really street level on and on the type of stories that we're telling. So we're going to take a step back. Now we always have end credits to work with and things like that. They haven't been as fruitful in terms of wider ramifications recently, but you never know if that's going to change. So yeah, that is my thoughts on where we're going to see them next. Yeah, I, I'm i going to go with either the Marvels or King Dynasty slash Secret Invasion, just because, like I said, that timing on Nova seems a little iffy. I don't know if that's going to end. And especially, obviously, right now we're seeing a writing strike or a writer strike and that in its own is kind of putting Hollywood and every production at a pause. So TBD on if that lasts longer, who knows? So with the timing on Nova, I'm going to, I'm going to passionately put that in third place for me. Fair, fair. And that's a good call with the writer strike. It is affecting everything. Go and support them in any way possible because 100% we would not have these amazing stories, not even just Disney or Marvel, like, Netflix, all of those, we would not have any of these stories without them, and they deserve to be paid and compensated for being able to create them. So, you know, go writers, they have my full support from, you know, the East Coast over here. 100% definitely supporting the writers. So, you know, all of that being said, that is our episode on the new Guardians roster. We didn't talk a lot about some of the other characters because they've been around for a hot minute. And Katie is going to talk about those other characters like Kraglin and Cosmo in the blog, but we definitely wanted to focus on our new friend Phyla and all of the interesting connections that she brings. So hope you guys enjoyed the episode. We are excited to continue talking about Guardians in future episodes as they hopefully appear in future properties moving forward. Forward. If you're excited to follow our coverage as we start to 
ramp down on Guardians and ramp up for all things Spider-Verse and Secret Invasion. It's going to be a very busy June, everyone. We, You can follow us on your podcast platform of choice. Also, definitely check out the blog. Like I mentioned, Katie has some extra supplemental research on there that can give you a deeper look into some of the characters we didn't get to talk about on the show. And last but not least, if you do enjoy the show and you'd like to support us and help us make it better, you can purchase off of the affiliate links on our homepage where a portion of the proceeds go directly to our show. You guys can also follow us on Twitter at Let's Talk MFT and Instagram at Let's Talk MFT. For every update, everything you need, you can keep up to track with us there. And Taylor mentioned we will be starting with the Spider-Verse before Secret Invasion, but they're semi on top of each other just a little <laughs> bit. But we will be hitting the Spider-Verse first. You know, the second one is coming out in early June. So our predictions episode will be coming at you very, very soon. So get ready because not only does Marvel have content coming out, but kind of Sony. Sony Marvel? Smarvel? Sony Marvel weird marriage kind <laughs> of have something coming out. So make sure you guys are getting tickets and you're going out to support Spider-Verse as well. Because Marvel just blew your mind. So let's talk about it. 